Welcome and thank you for accepting this invitation to our Bible study and reflection for January 6th, 2021. Because I think it's so very important to share God's Word, I invite you to share this podcast with family and friends. I believe it to be true when God's Word is sent out, it does not return empty. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we give thanks for your holy word. As we read and study your word, please help us to interpret it correctly. We ask that you send your spirit to guide us as we study your word and to encourage us to share your word with others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Recently, I had a dear friend of mine ask me if I would do a Bible study on Ephesians 6, and more specifically, on the armor of God. My friend said that this was one of her favorite chapters in the Bible, but also it was one that was somewhat difficult to understand. I would agree with her on both counts. As I prepared for this Bible study today, I referred to at least six commentaries done by biblical scholars. This will come as no surprise, I'm sure, but they did not all agree in their interpretation of this scripture. But what I am presenting today is a general consensus gleaned from the commentaries, as well as some of my own personal reflections. I have learned many important things from our pastor Tony Metz at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. But one thing that rings very clear in my mind is how important it is to interpret Scripture correctly. Our friends at Bible Project have devoted seven videos in their theme videos titled Spiritual Beings. I would highly recommend watching these seven short videos, or at least the one on demons, to gain more perspective on spiritual beings. Simply go to BibleProject.com and click on Watch Videos, then click on Theme Videos, and navigate to Spiritual Beings series. Also, to help give you a broader view and better understanding of our study today, I invite you to watch a very short Bible Project video on the book of Ephesians. I certainly hope this all helps us to grow into our church's vision statement of learning, loving, living God's Word. Before I dive into the armor of God, I would like for us to have a bird's eye view of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Although Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus while he was in jail, it is his most optimistic and encouraging correspondence to the young churches. He tells of the advantages a believer has in Christ and instructs believers on how to live a life of love. Chapter 1 opens with praise for spiritual blessings in Christ and closes with thanksgiving and prayer. Chapter 2, Paul speaks to being made alive in Christ and closes chapter 2 with how the Jews and the Gentiles are reconciled through Christ. Chapter 3 opens with Paul speaking to God's 
marvelous plan for the Gentiles and ends with a prayer for the Ephesians. Chapter 4, Paul begins to speak about unity and maturity in the body of Christ, as well as beginning instructions for Christian living. Chapter 5, Paul continues the instructions for Christian households. Now, these instructions would have been very counterintuitive to the native culture at the time Paul was writing to them. These instructions continue into the first half of chapter 6, where guidelines for children, fathers, slaves, and masters are discussed. Midway through chapter 6, Paul addresses and discusses the armor of God. Follow along as we read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, relative to the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Now, one commentary I researched broke this reading down into three subunits. The first is verses 11 through 13. To put on the clothing of another person indicates a change in or empowerment of the person being clothed. The image is frequently used metaphorically meaning to be empowered by whatever it is that has clothed that person, i.e., clothe oneself with Christ, as Paul writes in Galatians 3.27. It means to be empowered or enabled by Christ. To put on God's armor means to be enabled or empowered by God or Christ. The purpose of the procedure to stand that is, to maintain the military line against the attack of the devil and the celestial cohort of rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Hence, the need for the whole armor of God. Paul also states the struggle is against negative celestial powers 
in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 21, chapter 2, verse 2, chapter 3, verse 10, chapter 4, verse 8, and chapter 4, verse 27. Now, this brings us to a rabbit hole here. And if I had to name the rabbit hole, it would be spiritual beings. This is why I recommended to you that you watch Bible Project video on spiritual beings, or at least the one on demons. In verses 11 and 12, Paul lets the Ephesians know who their spiritual adversaries are. There has been much study on the subject of spiritual beings, and most recently, a Bible scholar named Michael Heiser has done extensive study and has written several books on this subject. Subunit 2 covers verses 14 to 16. Once more, the emphasis is on stand, that is, maintain the line. Of course, this is a collective task, although the metaphorical equipment, that is, truth, righteousness, gospel of peace, and shield, looks to the individual. Yet for the shield to work, it must be watered down and put next to the shield of another thus quenching flaming arrows shot at the defensive line. Shields prone to catch fire were vulnerable. Roman shields were lined with leather and usually soaked with water before a battle. In other words, the one providing the armor gives his troops equipment perfectly suited to surviving the enemy onslaught. This meant each man protected both himself and others with his shield. In the community of believers, cooperation, unity, and holiness are crucial. When we work in formation, we form a wall of faith, which makes the entire church safer and stronger. If you'll remember in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, near the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches his disciples, to pray for protection against the evil one. Satan cannot be everywhere at once because he's not God. Yet Paul seems to indicate Satan attempts to attack every believer he can. Like a military commander, he can attack Christians indirectly through his demons. In the final subunit covers verses 17 through 20. The last two items put on before battle were the helmet and the sword, or salvation and the spirit. Now, Paul was a student of the Old Testament, and this reading from Isaiah may have been on his mind as he wrote this letter to the Ephesians. Listen to the reading from Isaiah chapter 59, verse 17. He put on righteousness as his breastplate, and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. Paul is concerned equally with the believer being filled with the Spirit and the church growing into Christ. We, we should not swing to the opposite side and interpret this text individualistically as though Paul imagines independent warriors, each on their own battling the powers and rulers, Paul calls all believers to be praying for each other and keeping watch for each other. Those wearing armor are still members of one body. 
not just to the Ephesians, but also to the Romans and the Thessalonians. Paul invites believers to put on God's armor. Listen to the reading from Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And now take note of the reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. My personal take on this is that Paul thought it was very important for the early Christians, individually as well as corporately, to be of one mindset in Christ. When Jesus was teaching and preaching, he laid out a very countercultural way of life. Jesus told many parables, and the parables were an example of how life was to be lived in the kingdom of God. This new armor Paul was urging the early Christians to display, or if you will, wear, was truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God, and prayer in union with the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke about all of these in his teachings and preaching. Paul is not asking the early Christians to live this life alone, but in community and unity with one another as well as with the triune God. As we all know, there's still evil and darkness in our world today. The military metaphors Paul used in his letter to the Ephesians may be lost on us today. However, God still provides us all the armor we need to resist evil. It is up to us individually and in Christian community to accept and put on this armor that God provides us. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you especially for your holy word and the message it brings to us. We thank you for your servant, Paul, who wrote letters of admonition, instruction, as well as praise to your early Christian churches. Paul's letters were instructional 2,000 years ago and have stood the test of time. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, help dress us in your armor that we may defeat the evil forces still at work today. We pray that our actions are acceptable in your sight as we bear your image. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.